Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Anthony Broom on a Thursday. Fall camp is here. We're going to talk about uh, some early stuff, some guys who have the most to gain. We'll also talk about Michigan's roster release. We got a bunch of weight changes, a couple number changes, a couple minor position stuff uh, that we will get to here. Uh, Make sure if you're watching on YouTube, like the video, hit that thumbs up button if you want Michigan to win its first national championship since 1997. Subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. And as always, head to thewolverine.com for all of our uh, coverage on Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. You can get premium access right now for just $1 for a month. So make sure to join us uh, right here at the perfect time of the year to jump on board. You also get 25% off if you sign up for an annual subscription as well. We're brought to you today by My Perfect Franchise. Are you ready to leave the corporate rat race for the American dream? Looking for a side hustle while working your current job? Wanting to diversify, build wealth, and or leave a legacy? Well, Andy Ludicky can help. Andy is a franchise consultant as well as a franchise owner and helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets, financial requirements, time to commit, and more. His services are 100% free. And he's here to help if you have any questions about business ownership. So make sure to hit up Andy Ludicky. You can go to his website, www.myperfectfranchise.net. Call him on the phone, 404-973-9901. Email him, andy at myperfectfranchise.net. Also head to the website, book a time with him on his calendar. Uh, Again, 100% free consultation to get started, have that initial conversation with Andy Ludicky. So thank you to Andy and my perfect franchise. AB, uh, what is going on? Not much, man. Uh, fall camp is underway. And and on day one, obviously, we we don't get access to practice, but we were in, in Ann Arbor yesterday. We got to check out those new scoreboards. Uh, still a work in progress, but everything's on track uh, to be open for uh, the season opener on September 2nd. And my God, I mean, obviously, work is still going on. Um, there's still some functionality stuff they need to test out. They're going to test the lights and the audio next week. But uh, what a change it is. I mean, th- those video boards are impressive. I think that that mixed with hopefully newer, louder audio is going to you know, make that game atmosphere that much better for fans. But just being on that field yesterday and um, you started to get the, you know, it was a little more than just, oh, hey, fall camp starts today. Here's, you know, 10 articles from us on what's going on. To actually be in Ann Arbor and be on that field yesterday uh, was, I don't know, I, I got a little, and this might just be the coffee talking, uh, I got a little jolt out of that. So excited for that. Uh, excited that, uh, you know, we have a new roster to pour over uh, and and take away some things from that. So it's here, folks. I mean, it, well, it's here in terms of we have actual football to talk about. Uh, I assume we'll probably get in that building next week sometime and start talking to players and coaches, but uh, they are on the field, um, and we are ready to prepare for it. 30 days to kick off. You got Michigan football posted some photos yesterday from the first day of practice. They posted a video this morning. We're recording on Thursday morning 
August 3rd. And I thought this tweet from the other day from Space Coyote, who's a great follow, by the way, at Space Coyote BDS, does a lot of film breakdown, hones in on Michigan quite a bit. But I thought this was was pretty fitting for the start of fall camp. He says, exciting news, everyone. Fall camp is about to open in college football, which means we all get to dissect field level, zoomed in hype video released by the teams to try to understand anything about the upcoming season. Buckle up, baby. It's fall camp. It is kind of true. Like it's everyone's excited for it to start. It doesn't mean uh, a ton in terms of things actually changing, uh, you know, from our perspective until the intel comes in, until we get to start also talking to some of the players, which you said we'll start next week. There's that photo right there uh, that the folks on YouTube can see. That was the only takeaway I had. Carson Barnhart still repping on the left side at tackle, but you try to take anything you can away. So I thought that was a good example, but uh, I'll still be eating up every single Michigan football tweet, Instagram post, probably TikTok. I got to get on there a little more as they, you know, as <laughs> no, they come, don't. because I just love no one does. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I just love football. So let's get into the roster too. That's kind of exciting as well. Uh, worth noting that heights and weights on these guys, for the returning players, we're not updated since this time last year. They didn't update them in the spring. So you see some big jumps, but not necessarily like a three-month thing. It's more like a year-long thing. Um, the first thing, when you look at the top of that roster, AB, is in you're sorting it numerically. Amorian Walker, number one. Jaden McBurrow is number one. I mean, that was the case in the spring as well. And this is how Jim Harbaugh does it. Basically, you can pick whatever number you want. You have to compete for it. Whoever's going to get on the field first, whoever's on the top of the depth chart, gets that number. So we got a head-to-head battle already at corner. One of those guys is going to have to change. But I kind of like I like the mentality by both guys going in. And, and McBurrows was number one first. So this is more of a Morion Walker with the challenge here. Uh, but I like it. Yeah, go out there and earn it. Uh, and go out and win a job. And I think, you know, obviously Josh Wallace is going to factor into – that battle for the number two cornerback job that we, you know, we went through and predicted what all the perceived position battles uh, in our Monday night show. So go back and listen to that. If you're, you want the full picture here, but uh, from that perspective, yeah, it's uh, Josh Wallace will factor in too, but um, you know, I, I really do think that this, you know, Michigan's best case scenario is that I think it does come down to those two guys, two homegrown guys, two young guys who haven't seen the field a lot. For, for different reasons. Obviously, Walker was a freshman and, you know, a wide receiver this time last year. McBurrows was a guy who, you know, he's fought through a lot of injuries um, last year, unfortunately, down the stretch, dealing with facial injuries uh, from what happened after the Michigan State game. But uh, McBurrows is a guy that, uh, you know, I've kind of been planting my flag in, in his camp, really, maybe since we saw a Walker in the spring game. I think it, it just became very apparent that he's a guy that's just so incredibly raw still. And there's a lot of work to do. And that's not to say that, you know, he's, you know, a bust or, or it won't work out there. That experience experiment won't work out. He's playing cornerback for the first time. Uh, he is a true sophomore. I really do think that this position change for him has been a long-term play. Uh, and I like the way that Jaden McBurrows comes up and hits people. I like cornerbacks that are willing to do the dirty work too. So, um, yeah, those those two guys having the number one jersey. I already know there are people in Ann Arbor that are fuming about that because they think the number one jersey is you know, sacred. Save it for the wide receivers. But uh, you know, if you're gonna 
have a number, you better go out and earn it. I see two number twos on this roster too, both Blake Horm and Will Johnson. And I think that so far they've done right by the guy that made that Jersey number most famous. So uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with those guys, but uh, both, both number one, I didn't even realize that until we came on today. So we'll see, we'll see how that plays out. If Will Johnson's going to play any offense, he may have to throw on a different Jersey or Blake is going to have to be out. But uh, yeah. So Amorion Walker is listed only as a defensive back. Now he had the slash wide receiver uh, in his, dis- uh, that was the distinction that he had next to his name in the spring. Kalel Mullings, just a running back. Now he was RB slash LB in the spring. And then freshman Eno Etta, who's 295 pounds listed as an edge. He was listed as a defensive lineman when he signed with Michigan and they released the, the signing class roster type thing back in December. So it uh, looks like he will start out there, but 295, he's definitely going to have some flexibility. And I think that's probably the plan for him at this, at this point. Uh, this is the most fun part. AB is the weight changes. And again, these are from last year for the returning guys. So it's going to look a little bit more impressive, uh, you know, than maybe it actually is, but we got Connor Jones, is the biggest gainer of the year, up from 298 to 320. Edge Derek Moore, he's down from 279 to 258. Defensive lineman Chris Jenkins, up from 285 to 305. He actually told you at Big Ten Media Day he's 307. Um, Cole Cabana, up from 180 in the spring to 198 right now. Huge gain from, from a running back. Kenneth Grant, down 359 to 339. Uh, edge Tyler McLaurin, 231 to 247. Edge Keyshawn Bennett, 241 to 257. Micah Pollard, linebacker, up from 206 to 221. Uh, a couple other notable ones. Andrew Gentry, up from 312 to 327. That's that's really good news, I think. Uh, Trevor Keegan, up from 305 to 320. Trente Jones, 311 to 325. Rod Moore, big Rod, as, uh, as he said, Ben Herbert is now referring to him up from 185 to 198. We talked about him on Monday, but he looks completely different. Uh, just He just looks massive now. Another one, Junior Colson, 235 to 247. He also looks massive. I know we talked about him on the show the other day as well. Uh, and everybody go check out Anthony's piece as well on 13 guys that stood out to him from different weight changes, what they could mean. But uh, maybe talk about a couple guys that, that stand out the most because, you know, to me, I'm looking at Derek Moore, I really like that. He he was intentional about that, talking about it in the spring, how he wanted to be more explosive. He felt a step slow as a freshman uh, out there on the edge. He did look very big and, and strong, and his bull rush was probably his best move at that point, but I think this could help him out. Junior Colson, I mean, I, 247 is, is pretty damn big. He, we know he's fast. I hope he didn't lose any of that speed, but then Rod Moore, too, uh, is one that stands out the most to me. But um, w- what kind of most interests you out of these? The funny thing is, is you named, you know, I went through and, and picked out 13 guys, which I felt like was a lot. And then you just named maybe four or five more guys that I didn't throw on that list. So um, the overarching takeaway is that these guys put in the work uh, with Ben Herbert and Abigail O'Connor. Um, you know, they, they, it's not just, you know, when, when these guys put on weight and that's the other thing I'll, I'll park there for a second. It's, this is the only the only corner of the internet or, or, you know, media coverage or whatever, where, you know, you sit here and you obsess and you talk about how someone put on 25 pounds this year 
and it's like a compliment towards them. I mean, I, I hope that the mirror never gets turned back on, on a guy like me, you know, how much, how much weight have you put on since camp last year? And let's just not get into that. Like, it's not, it's not worth discussing. Right. Um, you know, but of, of the guys that stood out, I mean, Derek Moore to me playing down at 258. uh, you know, sometimes I wonder when these guys drop weight, if they play a little too light, um, you know, but Derek Moore's a guy, you know, he's only, you know, he's six, three. So, you know, when you, you see him coming to camp last year, playing at around 280, you're like, is he going to bulk up and kick inside? Like, is it kind of like a Chris Jenkins type thing where you just keep putting weight on and you're rushing from the interior, but uh, yeah, he's down weight. I think that six, three around two sixty is, is a good weight for him. Um, you know, the bull rush I thought was an asset for him last year, but you know, when you drop that weight, uh, you get to be a little lighter, you get a quicker first step. And uh, again, you know, a lot of times these guys are not, just, it's not simply just losing weight. You're, you're losing fat and building muscle too. So, you know, you can lose weight and still pack more of a punch. Um, you know, you see that with guys like, uh, you know, I think you'll see that with Kenneth Grant. Um, I think you'll see that there was another weight loss on here somewhere in my list. Sorry, I'm scrolling through it as we do it live, but, um, those were, you know, the two defensive, you know, sophomore defensive linemen, uh, you know, freshman to sophomore year is kind of where you start to lose the the baby fat a little bit. And you're finally in, you know, the game starts to slow down for you and you're in the strength and conditioning program for a full year, you know, improving on the numbers that you set last year. So like, those are two guys of note for me, uh, a couple others in there. I'll just kind of breeze through. I mean, obviously we've talked a lot about Chris Jenkins at this point, I and mean, we know what his goal with, you know, with bulking up was there. I think that Cole Cabana being at, you know, up at 198 is, is a good number for him. Uh, you know, a couple of times when I watched him play in high school, he just looked like a track, a, a, a track star that put football pads on. Um, but, you know, you get to, you know, playing around 195 to 200 pounds and, you know, all of a sudden you're like, okay, I think he can handle the rigors of, you know, being, being knocked around a little bit. So I think that's going to give him a chance to compete for that number three running back job. You know, also, I think he's going to be right in there for a role on special teams, whether it be as a returner or, you know, in some other type of role. Uh, there were a couple other that stood out. I like that Trevor Keegan's back around 320. Uh, you know, I know towards the end of was the 2021 season, he was probably up around 340. And you could even see it. It just looked like he was a little... Uh, a little bigger than maybe he even wanted to be. And he comes in last year and slims down to 305. And you know, all of a sudden you're sitting here wondering, is that an overcorrection? Because all of a sudden he looks like a tight end, you know, you know, at six, seven, three Oh five, there's, um, you know, that's kind of light for, for a guy like that. So I like that he bulked up uh, again, just need him to stay healthy. Rod Moore. I mean, you know, he, this is a guy that's coming up and hitting people as a true freshman playing around 175 pounds. And now he's around 200 pounds. And, uh, you know, assuming assuming that you know the speed is still there, the instincts are still there, I think that's going to lead to a step forward from him. Uh, there was one more on here, uh, one that was really intriguing to me, and this might not have an impact this year. It probably won't even have an impact next year. But uh, I know a guy late in the 2023 recruiting class that they brought in was Brian Ishmael, and he was around. I think he was sitting at like six four two twenty. He comes into camp and, you know, he wasn't part of this program in the spring. He's up at 262 already. And that puts a guy like that on the list of where, okay, he's someone to ask about because when you put on that much weight and we don't know if it's good weight or not either. I mean, it could be, you know, again, the case of, you know, 
hot couple hot and ready's there, a bag of chips here. Um, but I, I know that Michigan likes him as like a raw ball of clay. I know that, uh, you know, he played some linebacker in high school. They have him at edge right now, but, uh, you know, putting on that much weight that quickly uh, before he even hit camp, I'm interested about that now. Uh, and, and again, it doesn't mean that he's going to find a role this year, but um, that was, that was kind of jarring to see uh, for, for me. So that's kind of, you know, I could go through every guy on this list. I want you to go in and look at the article, but uh, that's kind of the the summary of, of what I took away from the roster we got. Yeah. Every guy that added weight, it was pure muscle. Every guy that lost weight, it was baby fat. Uh, that's yeah. pretty much how it goes. They're all in the best shape of their lives right now. And when it comes college basketball season, every secret scrimmage was a tie. So you just got to believe what you're being told <laughs> in this world and, you know, you won't have much trouble, but uh, yeah, so great stuff. Um, yeah, we got a couple articles on the roster update up, so you can get all the full numbers, full breakdown there. Uh, let's talk about some of the players with the most to gain, not weight, but just the most to gain in terms of the depth chart, in terms of playing time, in terms of you know what this fall camp is going to mean for their impact this season. And there are a few overlaps there, right, with, with some of the guys that we mentioned that did gain some weight. Um, but... Derek Moore, to me, is one that just comes to mind instantly. I have him as my breakout player of the year on defense, so I think at some point he's going to be a guy that really emerges as a high-level you know, edge rusher on this team. But uh, you know, I'll list a couple more names. Peyton O'Leary, I think he has a lot to, to gain. I could see him hardly playing this season. I could also see him having a decently big role. Uh, you know, He has to continue to prove himself not only in practice, but he said his, you know, his goal this year is to get in there on Saturdays and play a uh, Ladarius Henderson, you know, guy from Arizona state joined the team in an official capacity this summer. He's going to have to come in and earn that left tackle job. Uh, you know, you think he's talented, you know, he's had like a, a late round grade in the NFL draft after this season. He needs to win his starting job here. Jim Nagy, the senior bowl director has seven Michigan upperclassmen offensive linemen on the watch list right now. For the senior bowl, there could be backups that are playing or slash practicing down in Mobile next spring. Uh, Ladarius Henderson, obviously one of those, but Greg Crippen at center, you know, I think with Jim Harbaugh listing him as one of the two starters there, along with Drake Nugent, he has a lot to gain. Could he just emerge and take that job? Uh, Ernest Hausman at linebacker, Nebraska transfer, every corner, <laughs> I think, probably has to be on there, maybe outside of Will Johnson, got to get him healthy. And then Darius Clemens, uh, maybe the most to gain out of anybody. And you could throw Tyler Morris in there, who also, you look at the video Michigan football posted today, he just looks so much like Ronnie Bell, wearing the number eight. The way he caught uh, one ball along the sideline, it looked like yesterday, just Ronnie Bell clone. But Darius Clemens, to me, could end up being a huge impact player on this team. But he also kind of has, you know, I would consider him one of those wild cards where it's like, you know, maybe he plays sparingly. He's at the back end of the rotation. Maybe he's the fourth or fifth wide receiver this year. Could also see him having a few hundred yards and, you know, a few dozen catches. So there's some variance there with what, you know, I think are the possibilities for Darius Clemens. But, um, you know, I'm sure we have some overlap. But who has the most to gain for you during fall camp? What guys really need this time? And, and they probably know it, too. When you go into a fall camp, you kind of know that this is your time to emerge and they got a full month, you know, to prove themselves. 
I want to start with Clemens because that I was thinking about it here and, and I had some other guys in mind, but I, I really do think that Clemens might be the one when we're talking about the offensive side of the ball, because you know, there there's a very real scenario in play. Like I think the top of this depth chart is rel- relatively set. I think it's Cornelius Johnson. It's Roman Wilson. And I'm pretty sure it'll wind up being Tyler Morris in the slot. So all of a sudden you're talking best case scenario in that setup that Clemens is your number four wide receiver. And for whatever reason, maybe it's because of the size, maybe it's because of the measurables, the long speed, you know, Michigan fans have kind of slid him into, you know, slid him back onto the, the pedestal in a similar way that they did, um, you know, with Andrew Anthony. Uh, and there's the first mention of him on the Thursday podcast of the season, but um, I guess he's looking good down in Norman from what I'm well, reading, you know, he's, he's always looked good, but you know, when, you know, when the time comes, but, uh, for Clemens, you know, it's going to be, you know, I can see the, uh, a scenario where really his time is next year, uh, just based on numbers and how this depth chart currently looks. And, you know, for, from that perspective, if he's not on the field as one of their top three or four guys, fans are going to start wondering why that, why the hell Darius Clemens isn't playing more fans are going to start wondering, you know, Cordelius Johnson's going to have a drop in a game again, you know, at Nebraska or at, you know, Minnesota and fans are going to want him to be benched and he won't be benched. And people will wonder where Darius Clemens is. And, you know, I just wonder how a guy handles that. And because so much of, of playing at this level is, you know, tuning out the noise, you know, keeping your, keeping your head down, keeping, you know, uh, keep putting in the work and Clemens, like I said, I, I think there's a path for him to be, you know, a potential starter or a starting caliber guy on this offense, but I don't know. He's still a true sophomore. And, and I don't know if, I don't know if this is the time yet. Um, I think next year might be where the opportunity is a little more wide open, but um, he, with a big camp, he's, he's going to give himself a chance. But uh, again, people don't want to hear it, but Peyton O'Leary is going to push him too. And I could see a scenario where maybe their top four is, you know, Johnson, um, you know, Johnson, Wilson, Morris, O'Leary. And, and all of a sudden it's, you know, do you, do you sulk about that? Or do you keep putting in the work and get yourself on the field? And we'll see where it goes from there. But uh, yeah, I mean, Clemens has all the tools. It's just a matter of, of when it all comes together, not if for him. And, um, you know, what mean what it means for, uh, you know, what, what, how he handles that, I think is something I'm, I'm looking at keeping an eye on. And by the way, too, I mean, from everything we've heard, he's been working extremely hard this offseason. Yes. He looked at spring ball as a huge opportunity for him. I think he's looking at fall camp uh, from what we've picked up as a very, very big opportunity for him, you know, understanding that some snaps are going to be out there, right? There's no Ronnie Bell on this team. And he's a guy that came in as a top 100 recruit. And, you know, there's the photo up right there. That was his first spring game last spring you know over a year ago and he was extremely impressive I mean we were talking about him as a guy that could play early and he he did you know quite a bit he didn't get any targets really in significant portions of games but he was kind of in there in the first half of the season in the rotation even in big games at Iowa uh in you know some of those games in the first half you know maybe two-thirds of the season uh before it kind of dropped off a little bit. They seem to tighten up the rotation. Um, but no, I, I think that that he's definitely one of the guys I'm most intrigued about 
uh, during fall camp. Any any other names that stand out to you? Uh, I mean, just quick hitters on offense. I would say, um, Tavi, you're Dunlap. You know, that's a guy. You know, you're a junior now in in a wide open number three running back race. If not now, like when is it going to happen for him? And, and I kind of would lean that it's probably not going to happen for him. Uh, to be frank, uh, any of these guys on the offensive line, uh, Trente Jones, I thought played well. Uh, a little, you know, towards the the latter half of the middle part of last season before he got injured. Trent is a good one. Yeah. He loses a job and now he's back in competition. There are three guys really for really four guys for two tackle spots. So we'll see what happens there. Um, a defensive guy. I mean, anyone at cornerback has a lot to gain. Uh, I actually think that Michael Barrett probably has a lot to gain uh, from a strong fall camp, even though it is his sixth year. Ernest Hausman is coming on strong and, and I think that Ernest Hausman is ready to take a job like as soon as as soon as you know the season opener so um yeah there are spots everywhere I mean for a team that has so much that is known about it already there is a lot of guys where I don't want to say they're facing a do or die situation because injuries could always thrust you into a bigger role but um there's a lot on the line for a lot of these guys still. And that's, that's what you want. Like you want that iron sharpening iron. Cause it's gonna, it's gonna help build your team's culture, you know, heading into a year where you have big aspirations. Yeah. A couple other guys I'd add too: uh, Matthew Hibner, Marlon Klein, those guys, are they going to get in the rotation? It's not just, you know, the top two guys, Colson Loveland and AJ Barner. Um, but yeah, there, there are plenty of guys kind of in that, that second, third string i mean you mentioned tavier dunlap maybe sixth or seventh string uh but you know that could move up and, and gain some snaps this year um let's talk some more michigan football in just one second first we want to talk about bird dogs our fantastic sponsor uh, i was wearing my bird dogs polo the other day at the driving range bird dogs make you look good you want to look good everybody wants to look good bird dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dogs shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. We can attest to that. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. It uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long uh i've been wearing my bird dog not only shorts but polo hat around everywhere so go to birddogs.com slash wolverine or enter the promo code wolverine for a free bird dogs hat with your order absolutely free that's birddogs.com slash wolverine or promo code wolverine for a free bird dogs hat you won't want to take off your bird dogs we can promise you that um we kind of glossed over it a little bit during Monday's show, but Jim Harbaugh with some bold statements talking to the athletic the other day uh, or at big 10 media day. But some people took this as poking the bear. You know, people like to get mad at things. Jim Harbaugh says, but he says he thinks they're going to have 20 NFL draft picks next spring. That would smash Georgia's record of 15 in 2022. He listed all the guys, JJ McCarthy, Donovan Edwards, Blake Corum, five, six, or seven offensive linemen, pretty much the guys that Jim Nagy talked about, a uh, bunch of guys on defense. He also said, you know, a few guys maybe will come back. And I think that's that's an important piece of this. You're probably not going to lose everybody, but um, 
your thoughts on that comment. And I will say, like, it's it's very bold. They're not going to have 20. I would not predict that. But, you know, I remember writing that article right when the NFL draft ended, uh, looking ahead at 2024. And I had 15 legit candidates and six other guys that are on the radar. Now you add in Josh Wallace to that mix, who I think is going to be teetering right there as a late round type of guy, potentially undrafted. So individually, there are over 20 guys that have a chance to get picked. You're going to get some guys that fall out of the you know seven rounds. They'll go undrafted. You're going to get some guys that come back to Michigan for another year or transfer or something like that. But it's not the craziest statement ever, even though it is very bold and it would be absolutely wild to see one school have 20 guys picked. And it's probably not going to happen. If I had to set the over-under for draft picks, purely draft picks, I think I would set it at like 14 and a half. I think that I'm comfortable that's, with that. I that's mean, wild. They have, they yeah. have it, it is crazy, but they have guys at every position group that I think could be pros. Um, you know, the, the distinction is that like, you know, Georgia that one year had like what six or seven first round picks. Like it's not that right. same caliber of talent, but you know, if we're sitting here this time next year, um, getting ready for fall camp and there are, you know, 17, 18, 19 players from this team that are in NFL camps. I, I can't say that would surprise me. Um, you know, I'm not ready to say that JJ McCarthy is going to the NFL. Um, you know, I'm not ready to say that, you know, junior Colson would go or, you know, Rod Moore would go. Um, but of guys that could go. Yeah. I mean, that number could, could get there. And, and so much of, so much of this, you know, so much of what your ceiling is in today's college football is, do you have NFL players on your roster? And, you know, from a purely pro scouting perspective, I think that Michigan has, you know, yeah, they probably have somewhere in the, the high teens of guys that will be looked at. I mean, Jim Nagy, you know, if they have their way at the senior bowl, they'll have seven of these offensive linemen down there. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, it, that's, that is, uh, I, I mean, I'll call it what it is. It's probably hyperbole, uh, a bit of hyperbole right now from, Mr. Jim Harbaugh, who is uh, I no think he means to it. that. I, think I know, I know it. that he means it. I know that there's one thing that you can always be confident about with Jim Harbaugh is that he says what he means. Uh, he has convictions about the things that he says. And listen, I mean, if he finds a way to put out that level, you know, that amount of guys into one draft, I mean, forget what happens on the field. Like that might be his best coaching and, and talent development job ever. Right. Like that's, that's insane. But uh, yeah. I think that it's not up. The crazy thing, the craziest thing apart about the statement is that it's not really outlandish. If you know this roster. Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I think, so that's a great segue because I want to take this, that comment and kind of talk more about Michigan's roster and the talent level that's on this roster. And that's kind of where it becomes impressive. It becomes, becomes very apparent that this Michigan coaching staff has done an incredible job developing these guys that these guys have put in the work too. We mentioned Ben Herbert earlier and even Abigail O'Connor too, the nutritionist. I mean, that plays a big part in this as well. I mean, I feel like Ben Herbert gets talked about in a, every media setting that any of these players talk in anymore. Either the media brings it up or they bring it up because he's such an important piece of this, but they've done a great job with player development. They've gotten guys to stick around Cornelius Johnson, you know, using his COVID year, Michael Barrett using his COVID year, Zach Zinter should probably be in the NFL right now. He decides to come back. Trevor Keegan using his fifth year, despite, you know, having been an absolute lock to be picked this past spring, you could go on and on with some of these guys. So now you look at this. So blue chip ratio is the percentage of players on a roster that were four or five stars in high school. And, you know, basically, Bud Elliott, who who studies this stuff, says every national champion since whatever I think it's going back about twenty years, really in the recruiting area era, has been over fifty percent. There, Michigan is sitting at fifty four. Now that's on the lower end of where these guys, um, of where you know you need to be. Like national champions are usually seventy, eighty. There's some teams this year that are ninety. I think Alabama's up at ninety. So, yes. Um, they're in that range, but they're on the lower end. But then, as Bruce Feldman points out in his piece, Michigan only has three or four starters that aren't blue chips. Uh, he actually included Zach Zinter as one. I think a couple of the services had him as a four. So you could say it's just a couple guys. So your blue chip ratio of the guys that are actually going to be on the field, pretty high. Um, you don't have as many five stars, but they've developed well. They're an old team. They're an experienced team. So 54% blue chip ratio, that's 36% behind Alabama, 31% behind Ohio State, and 23% behind Georgia. It's comparable to four teams that have won the national championship since 2010. Auburn, in 2010, they were right at that 50-50 mark. They also had Cam Newton, uh, one of the best college football players of all time. Florida State in 2013 had a 53% blue chip ratio. Clemson in 2016. 52% 52% blue chip ratio. 2019 LSU, I think, was right at 54, where Michigan is at, and they really hit on some, some guys that developed. Justin Jefferson was a two-star coming out of high school. But what do those four teams have in common? Generational quarterbacks. Cam Newton, as we mentioned, uh, Jameis Winston for Florida State, Trevor Lawrence, uh, or excuse me, Deshaun Watson, uh, I think that was his year in 2016. And then in 2019, Joe Burrow, LSU, might be also one of the best college football players or, or had one of the best seasons of all time. So it's, it's unscientific because there's so much that goes into it, so much changes from when they're recruits. And for Michigan, it's been mostly for the better. Um, but when you look at these rosters around the country, AB, how do, you, how do you stack up Michigan at this point? They're not in that 90% range like Alabama of blue chips, but it feels like right now they're close at least, close. Um, and maybe an edge here, an edge there, an X factor like JJ McCarthy could put them over the top and, and see them win one of these games. 
Well, there's a couple other factors too. Um, one, yes, you're right. They have not, they haven't recruited at the level of, you know, the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the Georgias, and that, that bears true. When you look at the rankings, um, there are two things to where I, I would say are a, a bit of an equalizer. One, I think you nailed it. It's the quarterback position. I mean, in this sport right now, if you don't have real, I mean, if you don't have an elite quarterback, you, you don't have a shot. Um, Michigan has maybe the most talented quarterback that it's ever had. I have no issue saying that at all. So you've got that plus, uh, you know, Michigan brought in nine guys via the transfer portal. Most of them are going to, are going to fill starting roles or roles on the two deep. That helps. I don't think that goes, you know, that, that is accounted for in that ratio. Um, but yeah, I mean, Michigan and, and, and the other thing here is that, you know, there's a lot of, griping and, and hand-wringing on the board about, you know, bringing in, you know, not recruiting at a higher level. And, and I like this 2024 class that they've brought in, um, but you got to like, it bears like this, this measure of it, the blue chip ratio or whatever you want to call it, that it's not, you know, it does, it's not sitting here predicting who's going to win, but this is, that's the caliber of talent you need to win a national title. So it's showing who has can, a chance, who has a chance. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And, you know, over the years, I know, I know, I think Clemson's around 70, 71%, whatever it is, you know, over the years, Michigan and Clemson have kind of recruited at a, on a similar clip. Uh, you know, Clemson obviously has been bolstered the last few years, but um, it's that quarterback position. It's, it's having the guy that, and you look at those, those teams at the top, Alabama, Ohio state, Georgia, I have no issue putting Michigan's quarterback situation ahead of all of them. And like I said, I think that's something that kind of keeps them in the conversation. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I, I care. I don't want to say I don't care about who you sign, but I care about who you develop. And, um, you know, a lot of those guys, you know, recruiting is still lotto tickets. And, and Michigan, I think, does as good a job as any program in the country in finding you know, maybe a traits-based guy that maybe is more of a fit for them, you know, in that low four-star, high three-star range and turning those guys into foundational players. So I think that's an equalizer for them as well. But uh, obviously, like in the here and now, um, continuing to bring in blue-chip talent, regardless of how well Michigan's developed these three-star caliber guys, J.J. McCarthy was a borderline five-star. Blake Horam was a borderline five-star. Uh, I think Donovan Edwards was either a five-star or a borderline five-star. So your best players, um, for the most part, are guys that would fit in, you know, into this criteria. So you do need you do need that star power at the top uh, for sure. So yeah, I, I it's good that they sit in there. It, they don't sit in this thing very comfortably compared to maybe where they have in previous years, but. Um, that's another box that gets checked, and and like I said, that's going to continue to be critical as they build these rosters for post twenty twenty three. Yeah, and it's kind of you know the way it's framed with blue chip ratio is these are the fifteen teams that can win a national championship, and basically everyone else is out of luck. It's not impossible to win it, but every team that has won it has pretty much hit that criteria. And Clemson is a great example. It's actually very similar to something I wrote in a column in the, in the football preview magazine, you can buy that at the MDEN right now, MDEN.com, MDEN in store. But I, I was kind of uh, comparing to, to Clemson. So 
Michigan from 2019 to 2023, their average recruiting class rank was 10.6 in the country. In 2016, uh, in those five cycles preceding that, Clemson was at 14.6. They win the national title that year. And then in 2018, the rolling average there, 10.8. So they're right in that range. But again, the difference is the quarterback. And we've talked about it, but if J.J. McCarthy raises his game to first-round pick type of level, I don't think you need to be Cam Newton. But if he's in that level and you have Blake Gorham and Donovan Edwards in the offensive line and that defense uh, and some other guys rise up too, then you're looking at a team that I think can compete with some of those teams on those big stages. And I will say I think the talent gap has even significantly closed since December 31, 2021 when they got ran by Georgia. Not only does Georgia not have a generational defense, you know, I think it's going to be damn good. And apparently they're faster and better than last season on defense. But Michigan has significantly closed that gap. And a lot of the guys that were playing big roles in that game, including J.J. McCarthy, who came in and was really the quarterback there in the second half, are now Michigan's upperclassmen, leaders, players that are using that experience in, in bringing it towards this season. So that's important to note as well. I think that gap has closed a little bit, um, but we shall see what happens. But but I thought that was great stuff by Bruce Feldman um, over there. So, you know, go check that out if you haven't. Last thing. Uh, oh, go ahead, A.B. Yeah. Just one final thought. I, this just popped in my head. Uh, the blue chip ratio to me is the football version of when we cite the, um, you know, the Ken Palm top 15 offense, top 25 defense. One of those teams is winning a national title. Right. right? That's to me, it's the same thing. No doubt. It definitely is where it doesn't totally disqualify you, but you kind of end up being there if, if you win the national title. Um, you mentioned it at the beginning. So we were in the big house yesterday. We got to see the video board. The The North board is up and running in terms of picture. Um, they're still doing some work to the back of it and the top. And there were guys, you know, way up in the sky working on that thing. Um, and then the, the South board is going to be powered up next week. I believe sound is going in next week as well. They're on track to be ready to go for the season opener, September 2nd against East Carolina. Um, you know, we made them double down on that and they said they'll be ready. New lights are in extremely bright. Do not stare into them. Uh, I did that yesterday. It was tough. Um, but yeah, I mean, you wrote the story on this yesterday, but we're looking at like what 85% increase on either the total structure or the video board, 118% increase. So rattle off some of those numbers, but also, yeah, the sound's going to be better throughout the concourse. They're going to play more out of town scores. More stats are going to be rotating up there. And these are the biggest boards in the nation behind Auburn and Purdue, except those two schools only have one. So Michigan has two identical ones. So they have the most video board uh, footage, square footage or however you want to say it than uh, anyone in the country. And it's they're massive and they're really impressive. Yeah, I took a lot of notes. And typically, like, I have a I have a no phones policy on the show uh, on video, but all the notes are on here. So bear with me for a second. Um, so the new boards, the new structures are 179 by 62 feet. That's an increase of one on, of uh, the, the previous boards were 109 feet by 50 feet. That's, I believe, where did I have that here? And 118% increase from what was there before. Um, I'm sorry. It's a, whatever. It's an increase. Don't worry about the math. Um, the screens themselves are 152 feet by 55 feet. 
Uh, there's 135 video cabinets in there, each of them weighing between 400 and 800 pounds. They have run 5.5 miles of new cable through these boards. Um, when we spoke to them yesterday, to that point, there had been 35,000 work hours by three different construction teams. 13,000 of those hours had just been in steel work. There's over 400 tons of new steel, as Clayton said. Um, each board itself would be the third largest in college football, but Michigan's will have two boards. So uh, Mitsubishi uh, is doing the actual video boards themselves. Uh, they are the company that did the scoreboard at AT&T Stadium or Jerry World, as it's known. Um, the new sound system is going to be significantly better and I believe louder, much louder. Yeah. Uh, they replaced the concourse speakers. Uh, as Clayton said, also, the idea for them is to show more stats and out-of-town scores uh, to offset, and this is me editorializing here, um, essentially kind of offsetting the fact that you won't have cell service in the buildings. So they want you to have access to more information. I know that's that, been a big uh, complaint. That has been a big yeah. complaint, too, that they don't rotate enough scores. So They don't. I mean, it's what, once a, once a game? Well, we have um, Wi-Fi like, up know, there, so we don't care. But, you know, I get the complaints from family and everything. Well, so. we're men of the people, Clayton. I mean, we're men of no, people. No, I agree. So. I agree. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, that should help. Um, you know, they're not going to throw – there's not going to be a giant macaroni noodle on the boards or anything <laughs> like that. It's They're going to uh, – you know, no advertising for now at least. Uh, they'll see what they can do with the new lights. Um, like I said, uh, our understanding is they were going to test out the lights and the audio functions sometime next week. Uh, and they'll get a sense of what they can do from there, but they do have the capability, um, to maybe do some of those light show type of elements that we've seen at other stadiums. Uh, the boards are 4k and 8k capable, depending on, uh, the feed that comes in from the production studio, which has also, uh, been renovated and revamped over at Chrysler center. Um, just a other, a uh, couple other quick notes. Uh, the baseball and softball fields are getting new boards, field hockey and soccer as well. The project came in under budget, so they decided to take care of those as well. Uh, Chrysler and Yoast not getting new boards just yet. That could be something that comes at a later date. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of the long and the short of it. So these video boards will have a lifespan of about 10 years, which is, uh, you know, by that number, Michigan is probably overdue uh, to have them. And it wasn't just, you know, okay, we're, you know, let's just spend money to spend money. This this was a $41 million project that was funded by by donors um, and earmarked for, you know, enhancements and improvements to the athletic uh, department facilities. So it's not coming out of the general fund. I know people, I had a couple wackos tweeting at me yesterday saying, well, gosh, student loan debts at an all-time high. And But, hey, congrats on the new video board. It's not even remotely the same thing. So um, that's where the money is coming from. Um, We'll see what happens from there. I know that uh, I don't know what's next on the to-do list, but we had people on the board asking us yesterday about, you know, our locker rooms going to get a revamp at some point. Um, you know, are there other kind of football facility stuff that will, um, that did not come up yesterday. Uh, I, I know that behind the scenes it's being discussed. It's been talked about. There's been some fundraising going on, but uh, no update on anything other than this project that is uh I believe the quote was that will be functionally ready by the season opener. Um, there's going to be some, some, some odds and ends things to, to do after the season starts, but yeah, uh, these new boards are massive and it's um, 
it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, um, at least be able to see. I mean, you're not going to have pixels burning out on day one, maybe knock on wood, but um, it really is. I mean, it, you get a sense for the scope of it once you actually see them. And uh, it's quite the improvement. I'll give them credit for that. Yeah. So uh, big time stuff, big house, biggest screens. I mean, just kind of makes sense. Um, that is going to be our show for today make sure to like our video here on youtube if you're watching hit that thumbs up if you want michigan to win the national championship also hit the subscribe button you can get all of our video content on the youtube channel there as well head to the wolverine.com for all of our michigan football basketball and recruiting coverage 25 percent off an annual subscription right now one dollar for a month so make sure to join us now perfect time with fall camp intel coming learn about the latest with Michigan football practice, and we will see everyone next time. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.